Hi, Ramses. Thank you so much for being here today and, and, and joining me and having a conversation about your experiences and authenticity. I wonder if you could just start off by introducing yourself to listeners and just telling us a little bit about you so that it sets a bit of context. My name is Ramses Underhill-Smith. I am a, um, a black trans man. I don't say that often, but uh, and um, I'm a parent uh, and I, a grandparent and a great grandparent. Um, I have a social care company and I do uh, supported living and domiciliary care. And, and we also have a sort of uh, accommodation property side to that company also. I've been uh, back in the UK from the US where I lived for 15 years, about eight years now. Um, okay. and, it, and I set up the company. I was going to set it up in the US. And my sister got terminally ill and I came over here. And then I decided to just stay home, um, stay at home. And then I sort of set the company up over here. So it's the first of its kind LGBT focused, um, which means that we have a we, we you know, we can support the LGBT community, but we support, you know, we support everyone. Fantastic. Thank you. Um, as we said before, it's so much more interesting you introducing yourself because I could never do that story justice. So thank <laughs> you very much. OK, so. When you were asked if you'd be part of this project, what made you think it might be useful? I think it's I think it's useful, um, and why I always take part in projects like this and any other is, is I think it's useful for people to be able to see um, to see themselves. So you know there is we know throughout the country and in all in all sort of areas of of, of, of uh, leadership there's. A, a lack of, uh, of, sort of black faces, black and brown faces. Um, mm. And in terms of trans and LGBT, um, there's also, if you, you know, there's <laughs> a, a sort of double whammy, if you like. There's also, uh, uh, but I, I, I mean, I don't know how many black trans male leaders I know. I know myself, and I, I don't know if I know it very, very many more. No. So it's important to, to try and be, for me, it is to be visible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think you've got a lot to to offer to other young people, um, particularly trans young people, non-binary, because it's a it's something that is still less talked about than any other area. So talking about that, one of the the, the kind of key things podcasts are around authenticity. And I wonder if you could talk about what authenticity is as a leader. Not sure what that is, really. I suppose being authentic is just being yourself to the best of your ability. So, I mean, I think, what does that mean, really? I, I think the way I, I well, the way I, I interpret it is, is that I am just myself. I, I, I live in my trueness as much as I possibly can, which means not, not hiding myself or <laughs> something that I do quite a lot is telling that little voice in my head to shut up. You know, um, <laughs> you know, I'm quite used to it. I'm quite used to now, um, some, you know, something will pop in your head. Oh, maybe you shouldn't say this or maybe you should do that. Or maybe, you, and I just say, oh, shut up and can, you know, and continue. <laughs> um, so that's something that I've learned over the years. But yeah being being my 
being able to be myself as much as possible without the trauma of reliving it and thinking, have I done this? Does this person like me? Does this person not like me? What did I say? Um, that's authenticity to me. And that supports my, my mental health, really, to be honest. You know, that's really fascinating, the sense of the, the, the strong link between authenticity and mental health. Um, because I think you're absolutely right that that not being able to be authentic at work chips away at your mental health. And I wonder over the years how you've been able to navigate that, because you talk about this in a really powerful and strong way. And you mentioned the voice inside your head kind of undermining yourself. And how have you managed to navigate that to keep yourself well and to learn how to silence that critical voice? Because I'm sure it hasn't always been like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I am, I, I sort of journal, I get up in the morning, so I have a ritual, I get up in the morning, I, I, so I, I blot out an hour of my morning. So I, I write for 10 minutes, I, uh, I do some sort of spiritual, I don't say spiritual because I'm not religious at all, but I do sort of like, you know, whatever affirmations or whatever it might be, you know, mm. if I'm working on is any kind of issues that I have that I find that are not productive, I work on those for 15 minutes. I do personal training. I do that a lot. So I have a, a huge amount of videos, read, etc. And I will, you know, I've, I'm really OCD. So everything's organized and yeah, I time <laughs> everything, you know, and, and, and it's all, um, and I don't do it every day. I only do it Monday to Fridays because it's a little bit OCD if I do it seven days a week. Okay. Even though I'm OCD. So, and I do, and then I meditate. And the thing that I find the hardest, I can do any kind of work, overwork, and all of that, I can do. But anything like, you know, doing meditation or going to the, I find it so difficult, you know, and that's self care. Yeah. And so I push myself to continue to do it. And over the years, you know, I, what I've learned, the one, there's two things I've learned over the years, you know, I've learned about shame. And I've learned about vulnerability. And I grew up in a culture where, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of Caribbean descent and shaming was a massive part of our culture, you know, and it, and it still is. And I think it, it's a legacy of colonialism, you know, yeah. this sh shaming around your black skin. And yeah. so it's it was a and I grew up completely shrouded in shame and not understanding it for a very long time, just knowing that every time I spoke up, I was, I, that's, that's how I was silenced with, with, a, with, you know, it was no one, well, they sort of did beat you, but, you know, it was, a, it was something that they said or they did, and, and, and you were shamed into being quiet. And as I started to do more work around myself and the universe, and just start, starting to look around and to think, you know, what does is, what is all this mean? And I started to, you know, I came across somebody called Brene Brown. Well, I didn't come across her. Someone introduced her to me. Um, and, you know, and, and, I, and I go to those emotional, motivational speech and I learned about shame. And so once I started to understand the concept of shame, I was able to be much more vulnerable. It was very excruciating. You know, yeah. when I made a mistake, I, I'm dyslexic. So, I, you know, even in school, I was shamed because I couldn't. I remember spelling, I was, I was, it, 10 or 11 before I could spell the word window. And I remember it being the massive thing, I'm, you know, massive thing in my life that I spelt the six letter word, uh, you know, correctly. And, um, and I was continuing, you know, um, and, and so it's all that I've learned to manage shame. I've learned to be, I've learned to feel more 
comfortable in my vulnerability. Yes. You know, um, and it and it's a push, it's still a push pull thing. I, you know, I don't go out and say everything, but I do make mistakes and I'm okay. Other people don't forget. And, you know, people say to me, you made a mistake and I forgive myself. I, I mean, I don't try and get people to forgive me. I just got to forget my, get, forgive myself and keep it moving. Yeah. And that personal work, I was fascinated in hearing that, that the bit you find easiest is the doing, the active, the moving forward, the, the kind of the the task related stuff that's full of energy and the stuff that's possibly the hardest is sitting with yourself in that quiet space because your yeah. then it, it, it's in a different place to when you're very active isn't it one of the one of the you know i'm gonna say you're a leader one of the things about my pursuit of leadership is again about being accepted you know, I needed to show that I was worthy. So, you know, I overachieved. I worked really hard. I really want to be have more money because not because I need more money necessarily, but because people respect that. So, you know, as a trans person, I thought I'm never going to get respect unless I have all these things in place. And to some to some degree, that's exactly what happened. But, you know, once I got to a particular point, it, what it opened up for me as a human being was you know, being able to buy things for people and that didn't satisfy me. No. And so I went back into myself and decided, well, I've got to love me for me, you know. Um, so, yeah, so you and I think that goes for a lot of us. A lot of us are career driven because yeah. and we're not who we are. We're our careers. No. And who are you? I am a, you know, I'm a whatever. I do this or I'm a dean at a university or, you know, or yeah. I'm somebody's husband or somebody's wife. You know, so um, so authenticity is 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 yeah, um, just self care, giving myself that time, meditation, looking after myself. You know, going on, and I go to the gym now. I'm really good at. It. I'm really because I I got to the point where I just said I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of this stop start stop start. Yeah. I'm gonna. I want to do this for me, and so it's taken years, but. I'm really grateful that uh, you know I I do do these things and I and I continue to do these things um, to support myself. Otherwise, I would I, you know I just wouldn't be able to survive. Yeah, do you know there's a question that I'm 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 going to kind of slide in here if it's okay that that brings us right back to one of the first things you said, which is I don't often say I'm a black trans man. And I just wondered in that moment and all and, and listening to you since, what's that about? What what stops you saying it? Is there a is there a kind of a, a mental process? Is it a decision? What leads you to not often say that? I what it is, is is that I don't feel that I need to say it now. Okay. There was a time that I felt that I need to say it. You know, um, and now I don't, you know, people say it to me, oh, you're, and, but it's so not relevant. So it's very relevant, but yeah. it's not relevant. You know, someone says it to me and I'm a busy guy, I'm working and you want to talk about my, me being trans, well, it's personal anyway. Um, yeah. If you want to know, I mean, it's all over the internet, we've got to do is Google me. I'm not, it's not something I'm hiding, but it's yeah. not something that's in my everyday conversation anymore. And there was a time when it was in my everyday conversation because it it, it was, what defined me because I allowed other people to define me like that. 
Yeah. You know, and actually I'm much more than that. You know, people want to ask me what my favorite thing is at the moment, you know, right now, probably going to be for the rest of my life is looking after my grandkids. They yeah. just think I'm the most fantastic granddad ever. And I, you know, and that's because I, you know, I allow them to do anything they want when I send them home. But um, <laughs> yeah. just like, not just like everybody else, but just like a lot of other people, you know, my life is not defined by those things. Right. Um, and and so one of the things... That, that's why I asked, because when you said it, it, it didn't sound like you were hiding from that. It sounded like you'd moved past that into being Ramsey's the the man, the person, the person with a full and uh, and, you know, really busy, joyful life. And therefore, those things weren't relevant. And I guess my, my last question is that's some journey. That's so nice. And I wonder what you would say to young people uh, and knowing what you do for a living. I'm I'm sure some of these conversations will have come up before. But what would you say to to a young trans person coming into work for the first time or found themselves in organisations? What advice might you give them? I would say be really proud of who you are because, you know, we are the minority. We are, and I, when I say special, I don't. I mean in the sense that, you know, it's like um, diamonds are rare. You know, um, and I am really proud of being. But you know, sometimes I look in the mirror and I think, my God, I just, you know, that just going through that, making that decision, and 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 to, to making those choices to against what everything else, what any anybody else thinks, or you know, you're going to try and live your authentic self. You know, that is. That's a testament because because many of us just sort of fade away, you know, in the background. We we sort of get a little job nine to five and we just, you know, we blend in and we don't do anything out of the norm. And, and just by the very definition that you're living your life it makes you a, a special human being. So I'm really proud of the fact that I'm a black trans man. I, I think I'm particularly proud of the fact that, um, you know, uh, I, as a black man, I just, you know, I, I stood up and, and, and transitioned. Um, and I would say that, yeah, don't, don't, you will always, I think what I find is people who feel insecure about whatever their insecurities are about, whatever their, their phobias are about, will try and push that onto you. Um, mm-hmm. Look after yourself, do as much self-help. I don't watch, I, you know, what I've learned over the years, I don't watch any TV that's traumatic. Mm-hmm. I don't watch any, you know, as a black man with racism, I don't watch anything around negative race. If it comes on, I switch the TV over. You know, if there's transphobia, homophobia, transphobia, I turn it off. I just don't consume it. I know it's out there. I don't need to be reinforced over and over and over. So I don't traumatise myself. I watch a lot of comedy. I watch, you know, I watch a lot of documentaries. I watch a lot of things that are really nice and happy. The world, (laughs) you know, I'm into the news and I consume the news, but I consume relevant parts of it that I can be productive in. I don't just watch trauma for trauma's sake. It's it's not useful to me. All it does is make me reinforces that, you know, people don't like people, you know, the world, some people don't like you. But, you know, there's everyone that somebody, there's no matter who you are, there's yes. going to be elements of hatred. Someone's going to hate you for something, whether you are a short person, a, a large person, a blonde person, a ginger person, a person with glasses, that you're going to find pockets of hatred everywhere. So, you know, go for the light is what I say. You know, it's just just going to make your life better. Yeah. Thank you so much. And chatting to you this afternoon has given me a sense of just letting that light in. So 
I really genuinely appreciate it. It's been a it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.